0: I'm literally looking
1: at myself for money. Time is unfaithful for Teacher, who literally
0: looking
1: at myself and Time is unfaithful for teachers who are abusive. I'm literally looking at myself for money. The lot, though, is not gambling. Like the lot is a tradition. Teachers, it's an Italian tradition. Teacher, hello,
0: hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of It's Time to Rewind podcast stuck in its own time loop right along with the movies we discuss and this season we're taking a look at triangle time time loop i am your host bubbleweed from flights tights and movie nights and in this episode we are discussing the fourth and final time loop end time loop that starts at 59 minutes and 18 seconds with a rewind montage and ends at 76 minutes and 56 seconds, with Ricky inviting Dr. DiJu into the lab after Ricky two goes back in time. Joining me today is my guest, Robert Black, from the Groundhog Project, Minute Groundhog by Minute. Groundhog Day Project,
1: yeah. <laughs> Minute by Minute, yeah.
0: And the existential trilogy that's, uh, <laughs> that, that's a part of. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I just was editing for the last few hours, so I'm <laughs> in podcast mode.
0: That's always fun. So um, before we get into today's loop, um, I, I know that you had watched this film before. How yes. how did you discover it? Because I, I mean, I know, I think next to me, you are probably the best person to ask about Time loop movies in general. Yeah, you you definitely remind me of myself whenever I started my <laughs> superhero blog because
1: nice,
0: yeah. I watched a hundred superhero movies in the first year, and mm-hmm. I'm over five hundred movies in now.
1: Yeah, and right now I'm actually trying to rewatch a whole bunch of the time loop stuff because I want to reference them in a thing I'm writing, and so watching this one again this week was good because. I got to grab some specific quotes and things that I might try to reference later. Nice. I think it just came up as a suggestion on Amazon Prime because I was watching other time loop movies and this one came up. It was there and I'm just going to jump right in.
0: All right, yeah. And um Uh, We'll talk about your overall thoughts about it on the next episode. I'll
1: I'll have you back. Um, Some of those will come up as we're going passing because they relate to things in this segment. But
0: yeah. Yeah. In general, so far, everybody's liked it well enough. But it's definitely not a, you know, in the upper echelon of time loop movies for sure. I
1: I will just say this as as a preface to later. I think this movie needs a remake, but I like it.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, maybe ten times the budget, give or take, and then it's, they could pull it off a lot better.
1: Yeah, there, there's some other changes that could I think would really improve it, too.
0: Uh, but as far as this time loop, uh, this is the first one that actually starts, um, you know, it, it starts taking us all the way back to the beginning with Ricky one. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then it gives Mm -hmm. us the really quick re like the VHS rewind montage,
1: which is so cheesy.
0: Yeah. And and on top of that, I, (laughs) I I think I'm going to get kind of dig into this movie a lot more than I have in the previous episodes, at least (laughs) in the beginning here, because this movie does a lot of things that just really irritate me. Like a lot of this, (laughs) A lot of this stuff feels like it's something that should have happened in the first repetition or the the first Uh back in time. Because we have this rewind montage and then we have the dad doing the double take where he sees Ricky one walk out. Well, well,
1: we did see the double take. We just had no way to understand it.
0: Right. Well, we saw him like jump.
1: He reacted to something. Yeah.
0: And this time we see the the full double take where he's looking Mm -hmm. back and forth and he's like, but you were just there. How did you get so fast? And right. I, I feel like that is something that's kind of tiresome at this point in, in the time because we're on the fourth loop.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's the, it, that comes down to really one of my big complaints about the movie is this movie is not a drama. It should be a comedy. Because mm-hmm. then so much of this will work better if this is a comedy because then you, the double take is fine. The cheesy rewind effect is fine. Mm. but you need to play it for laughs. They're trying to take it way too seriously and it's not deep enough for that.
0: Yeah. And especially then we immediately get into this, I guess, time travel sickness that mm-hmm. is, is the first time that it's ever really come up. I'm, I mean, in the, right. in the previous loops, he's kind of been out of breath for a second, but we never we don't really see any progression, which I feel like for him to be this out of it,
1: well, to be fair, he's hit his head twice now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. The, um, well, has, has it been twice now? Or at this point, it's just been once, just with the shovel, I believe. Well,
1: well he got hit by the car. I think his head hit the road. Or is that this time? That's, that's this time.
0: Yeah, that's later. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so he just got hit with the shovel so far. Well, right. He's, he's, he needs to go to a doctor.
0: Yeah, I also thought that, you know, his internal clock is much later than his, you know, the actual time.
1: Mm, but then yeah. I did the
0: calculations.
1: And even then, it's only like what 11 p.m., 10 p.m. Not even
0: then. It's only like nine o'clock, and his it like his <laughs> his internal clock. So it's not like he's tired from it being, from him doing this for a long period of time. Because the third loop is very short. The third loop is only like half an hour. Mm. But then we get we get this moment where Ricky gives his dad this note that we've been seeing throughout the movie. Yeah and he mentions that it's a warning and that whatever he would use, try to use time travel for, it won't work. And then at the last minute, he puts the lotto idea into his head.
1: Yeah. I love that it gets in there negatively, as he's like, and don't play the lotto, <laughs> which is exactly what his father needs to get it stuck in his head.
0: Yeah, and, and that that also you know ties into what you're saying. That would fit better if this were a comedy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because then it's like, cut to the father he's like the lotto you say you know
0: (laughs) exactly i do kind of like that concept it's and and we'll get into this in you know pretty shortly with with like the Mm -hmm. self-fulfilling prophecy right And, and this this ricky is still kind of bumbling ricky where
1: which he shouldn't be yeah he's done this a couple times he's had time to think it out and he's just so confused
0: we see the horse again, which I, I still don't really understand what the point of the horse is. I, I guess it's really just the horse scares Ricky one and causes him to slightly lose control of the Vespa and not see the car coming. Yeah. And then the, and car... the horse
1: is not done well. No. It, this movie has an editing problem overall where like that horse, it's just standing there it's tied in place. It's minding its own business. And he just like, we're supposed to believe he's startled by it.
0: Yeah. And we get this car accident with, with Dr. Digio. And,
1: Mm -hmm. and this
0: also kind of throws me off because it, it fades like the whole movie fades to black in, in a very slow fade too. Yeah. Which it makes it seem like he was, that he's like unconscious for a long period of time.
1: Right, which it can't be. Right. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure the car is faster than a Vespa, but there's way too much time between when they get to the village and when the Vespa does.
0: Well, I mean, that can be explained a little bit because he first goes to meet with Olivia. Right, right. So that takes up some some time. But yeah, they, they have this long conversation in the car. Uh, well, I guess before that, it, it's the whole... You know, the doctor thinks that he's crazy talking about time travel and that he has this head trauma that's causing Uh all these fantasies and that she should take him to a hospital.
1: Yeah. And this was the first time in my notes where I came up with my label for a new thing is like time travel, stupid. (laughs) Like you don't go Kyle Reese on people if you're time traveling. Be like, what year is it? What year? You don't yell at people. You don't freak them out. You know, you're time traveling. Calm down. You know, she doesn't know that she spied on the thing. That was in, like, 30, 40 minutes from now. Yeah, and I you should know that.
0: that
1: that she is... Even if she's evil, <laughs> she doesn't know that he knows that.
0: Yeah, although we do get a, a new piece of the puzzle, I believe, because she mentions that she's there from the university. Right. And is willing to consider Ricardo's research as long as he's willing to undergo a psyche eval to make sure that he's not just crazy. Yeah. And then Ricky Four finally gets the plan in his head, like starts to to formulate the plan whenever the doctor asks him to take him someplace for a drink.
1: Right. So go into the village and unlock, even before he gets his perspective line later, it's, he's starting to figure it out finally.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it's, it's a very slow process. Very, very slow considering that we're, four loops in, and we're, like, you know, 15 minutes from the end of the film.
1: Yeah, there's there's a big difference between the plot being ahead of him and him being behind the plot.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And at this point, it should just be that the plot's ahead of him. He should know where he has to go and what has to happen, and he doesn't.
0: Yeah, not until, like, halfway through this loop. Yeah. You know, he has this conversation with the drinks, and... I, I don't understand the point of the the group of guys sitting next to them as, like, a distraction. It, it almost yeah. makes it seem like they're supposed to be important, but they're not. It, it's just kind of background noise.
1: I, I think it... My guess was it was something to do with, like, the production of this movie. Is There's only, what, four or five at, top speaking roles in this movie? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe they were just filming in this place, and those guys were like, yeah, we're not getting out of your way. <laughs> we're drinking here. And so they were just stuck with it, because this is some no-budget little movie.
0: Yeah, and so instead they of...
1: do anything. I mean, the guy with the guitar is important, but the other guys aren't.
0: Yeah, instead of editing around them, they just right. wrote them into the script. Mm-hmm. The other important part is, you know, she has this discussion about... How it's incredible that all of his insecurities are basically coming true over the course of a couple hours. And I do like this conversation and how it plays in because it is, and you know, he'll realize it, you know, just a couple minutes from now. Right. But it's all about perspective because Ricky's one through three are having all these bad things happen to him. And then now we're in the fourth and and final loop and Ricky Four realizes, no, these are all good things that are happening to me, but they're happening to me, not the previous versions of me.
1: Yeah, uh, the conversation tonally, it's weird this late in the film. Content-wise, it's very useful because she also has that great – she has a good explanation about, like, self-fulfilling prophecies. Yeah. You know, that thing – the thing she says about the roommate is great. You think your roommate's going to be shy so you don't talk to them, which makes them seem shy. And, and it's a good description of that. But at this point in the movie, he – I think another – one of the problems – the script is pretty good. One of the problems is that Ricky is an idiot.
0: <laughs> yes. He's supposed to be a scientist.
1: A brilliant scientist yeah. who's working with his father and came up with the breakthrough for this machine that neither of them know what it does. How do you have a breakthrough for something you aren't designing? When the movie is talking about intentions and that ha- that's how things happen, there's, there's this weird disconnect somewhere in there.
0: Yeah, and it's so... Like I've I've watched this this movie two times start to finish and then mm-hmm. each individual loop a at least a couple different times. Yeah. And I'm still not a hundred percent sure what the original experiment was supposed to be. I I mean I right? I have a halfway decent. I know it involves Nikolai Tesla and the, the concept of the ether and basically unlimited energy pulling from this mysterious okay.
1: So I I think it would work. It would work better if the machine is exactly what it's supposed to be. Just Ricky doesn't know that because he's not involved. Mm. Like he came to this place to try to connect to his father that he hasn't really connected to in a long time. And then his father's doing this crazy thing. Is like, fine, you can help. And he's just kind of humoring him. The idea of Ricky as this brilliant scientist who is also this slow to catch on to things <laughs> is weird.
0: Yeah. And then after this, we get this other, you know, another moment of this, like, the self-fulfilling prophecy, Mm -hmm. and the, you know, Ricky telling one thing only to create the opposite coming true, where he tells Mm -hmm. the doctor, you know, stay away, like, help me by not being involved, and she's like, yeah, I'll promise I'll help. Right (laughs) after he talks about, you know, you're gonna see another version of me, and then yet another version of me. And then him telling her that and her seeing it, that causes her to help.
1: <laughs> right, because now she knows it's all real.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so weird that that we have this moment where Ricky Ford decides to watch this all from behind a rock. <laughs> and this, this gives me very Prisoner of Azkaban vibes. Like whenever Harry's trying to whenever Harry's about to create this giant, magnificent Patronus spell. Yeah. Except here, we don't get any of that leading up dialogue. It's just Ricky decides to steal the Vespa because it's there. We don't get any... Uh-huh. Like, there's no... I'm just waiting for this guy who's about to steal this Vespa, and I'm gonna get him. Like We, right. don't, we don't get that conversation. It's just, suddenly Ricky goes off and steals the Vespa, and that this is a moment and especially with a title like time loop you know i i knew that it was ricky from the first time i saw
1: this right it it comes down to what i was just saying about him not being as the movie wants him to be super intelligent and an idiot because <laughs> stealing the vespa that's great once he once he's on that moment where he realizes wait i'm the guy who stole the vespa or She's the one who wrote the French like the note about time that I'm going to see later or earlier and all these like bootstrap paradox kind of things going on. Once he catches on to that, we're good. Him getting behind the wall is dumb, but also if he's already figured out the perspective of everything, it's perfectly fine because obviously the previous versions of him didn't see him there. So it doesn't matter. He could stand out in the open as long as previously he didn't see him. He won't see him now.
0: Yeah, it it is frustrating. But he hasn't caught on yet. Yeah, that's that's what's most frustrating about this. Like that that should be the light bulb moment right there, mm-hmm. but it's not yet. We he goes to the the deli to see Olivia, and it's still like he. That's the moment. It, it it's almost like these scenes should have been reversed because that would make
1: more sense. Yeah,
0: because he's still in this headspace of you know I'm going to the deli in order to catch this guy that's kissing Olivia. And like, he even comes in like the first thing he says to Olivia is where is he?
1: Yeah. And then is that his hat? Like, no, there's no him. You saw this.
0: Yeah. And, and instead, you know, this is the reveal, which I, I didn't go back and double check because, um, you know, coming, coming from the beginning of the, of the movie, I always understood that Marco was Olivia's brother. But I can't remember now if this was actually the reveal and Ricky didn't I'm pretty know. sure
1: this is when they reveal it. And we're supposed to be in the same position as Ricky as to not knowing. And it doesn't work out that way.
0: And, the, and it doesn't help be, because there's this dramatic music shift. out of nowhere it's like suddenly we we have like danger music yeah even though again it's i feel like it's very clear to the audience that there is no danger and then ricky is just coming in here to realize that he was always coming in here Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: he's going to kiss his now girlfriend right instead of the girl that he likes
1: and even then he doesn't notice till really notice until after the scene is over
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When he should have noticed, at least when she said, "like put the hat on his head."
0: Yeah, and 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 I do like this excuse for the the additional costume change
1: mm-hmm. in
0: order to make him look even more different. Right. I I think it's it's cute. It works well, other than the bad sound mix
1: and the cheat on lighting. But that I think was a deliberate <laughs> choice.
0: Yeah, this is this is finally. The light bulb moments, you know, 12, yeah. 12, 13 minutes into this time <laughs> loop that should have happened about 10 minutes ago.
1: Yeah. So over an hour into the movie. Yeah. And a few time traveling experiences <laughs> in, he's finally catching on.
0: And I, I do like this conversation about him
1: kind of fumbling
0: through the, the, the words, talking about seeing things from a new perspective. And yeah. From somebody else's perspective. Yeah. Like, I, I, I do like that part of the script. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get the the clip of Ricky one pounding on the rin- window and running off. Yeah. This is this is finally the most interesting Ricky whenever he comes out of the deli the <laughs> and says, I, yeah.
1: I just need to change my perspective. He finally knows what's happening <laughs> and how to do anything about it.
0: Yeah. For the next seven minutes of the film. <laughs>
1: And I do also
0: love this conversation after, you know, he goes back to the lab and we see the conversation between the uh, Ricky two and the doctor and the yeah. dad Ricardo comes out to the Vespa and sees that it's Ricky again. And I, I love this, this interaction. Ricardo says it was always you. And Ricky four says, I figured it out. You have to die. And then he looks back and at Ricky one, it's like, Ricky shut the damn door.
1: Right. Which is, it's the thing. The script is the, of this movie is clever, but I think the movie thinks we're not. Yeah. Because yeah, Ricky just figured out what's going on. He just figured out what to do. We know what's going on. We know there's no tension in this scene. And so if you played it, as I said, play it as a comedy and this is laughs. And it's like, yeah, we have to fake your death to make this thing happen. Then it's funny because they're pulling the wool over the previous Ricky's eyes and we know he's an idiot.
0: And they do have a couple more like comedy lines that could have been played up, except they're so hard to hear that. I I think they fall flat for most people. And then uh, with Ricky Ford talking about the scarecrow plan, And Ricardo says, how can you not see? And Ricky Forrest is like, it was really dark, okay?
1: Yeah. And once he comes back out the door, it is nighttime. (laughs) Yes. That's classic movie problems, though, so I don't don't blame the movie for that one. It's just suddenly really dark.
0: And I, I think I have to give the most props to the character of... Of Dr. Dijoux because she is (laughs) like she goes along with this like a champ despite nobody explaining anything to her. She is like 90% in the dark and yet she goes along with everything on blind faith and she does a fantastic job getting everything to happen exactly the way that it needs to happen.
1: And it's perfect too because it doesn't matter how she screams or how she pushes the scarecrow, it's gonna work. Mm hmm. Because it already worked. Yeah. And so she's ahead. She's the smartest one in the cast. Yeah. And I
0: think she even says, and, you know, and then she said the exact same line before, like, you know, you can't change anything.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Uh, Even though she's trying to convince him not to go back in time. Right. She's like, why? Why even go back? You can't change anything. Except in this case. He has to go back.
1: He has to, right, because he already has. Because
0: he can't change anything.
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: And I I talked about in an earlier episode that this version of Ricky, I mean, all three of the later versions of Ricky, for the most part, they don't technically have any free will because they are just following a set of path, a set path that has already been laid out because it has already happened before.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, and you talked about time crimes this season, which had the same issue. Other than, as you're calling Ricky four, the other ones sort of have free will because they don't realize how things are connecting and what's going on. Ricky four is just like, that's what happened. I'm making it happen. And he's that he's on the ball.
0: But at the same time, like Ricky two, the way that I understand it, at least the way that time travel is presented in this Is basically everything that happens up until Ricky 1 gets put in the time machine has basically already happened. Right. And so Ricky 2, he doesn't really have any free will because everything that he's done up until Ricky 1 gets pushed in the time machine has already happened. And then he kind of regains free, technically regains free will after Ricky 1 goes back in time. And yeah. then we have this small window until he goes back in time himself. And then everyone else, it's it's things that, that have already happened. It's a single timeline. And, of course, there's the whole paradox element with the fact that they are all making decisions based on something that hasn't personally happened to them yet.
1: Right. Which, philosophically, no, I get what you're saying. I think... The the thing with a movie like this or Time Crimes, it's been longer since I saw Triangle, which you also did this season. I think they you can I can I can buy into the idea that free will is still existing for them. Our perspective's just wrong or there is no free will because even the final Ricky or whoever, from the perspective of someone in the future or us watching the movie, they don't have free will either because they're doing the thing that already happened that we get to see yeah
0: so, I, I like so, to to call it like a fatalistic like yeah, that this is that all works. determined by fate. Mm-hmm. and that's why and and in the film they describe it as you know it's something that they they unconscious, unconsciously unconsciously caused through their intentions. yeah And so the fact that this this time machine is accidentally being created. And like unconsciously, they have this in, these intentions that they would like. You know, the father wants this funding so he can keep doing this this research on this project. Ricky mm-hmm. wants to be dating Olivia, even though he doesn't think that that'll happen. <laughs> At least in in the beginning. Yeah. And so they have these like desires, these intentions. And this time machine is an excuse to unlock that, and right. and so that happens for them. And then, as the the movie, the events of the movie play out, then they ultimately make it happen. But it's their intentions that basically put the seed of the ideas in their heads in the first place, like with yeah Ricky Four saying, "Don't play the lotto."
1: Well, it's, it's like yesterday I was rewatching um, the Star Trek The Next Generation episode cause and effect, and they have this moment where they realize they're in this loop. And they're like, well, we should reverse course. And they're like maybe reversing course is what puts us in the position where this happens. And so they're like, fine, we're just going to do what we do until we know otherwise. And I think this script works well on that level, but it needs Ricky to be an idiot. <laughs> He has to be making these choices without realizing he's making these choices. But then they keep wanting us to believe he's the smart one and he's our protagonist. It could almost be funnier if it weren't from his perspective. Yeah. I, like I, if we just see these different Ricky's and we're like, wait, what's happening? And we're, we're in linear time as he's not.
0: Yeah. Almost like seeing everything from the doctor's perspective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks she, he's just crazy until. Suddenly there's three of him.
0: Yeah, and, and not realizing that the first Ricky that she talks to is the one that's already gone through time three di- three different times.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: And then it's not until she knows a lot more of what's going on that she finally meets the first Ricky who himself doesn't know anything about the time travel yet. Yeah. And I I do love that as a concept, and I like how it plays out in the mo- in the movie, mm-hmm. but I don't love it.
1: Right. Well, that was my thing. My final note for this segment was I care about the plot and the cleverness. I don't care about the characters or what's happening to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not personally invested. I'm just like structurally invested.
0: <laughs> yeah. And and I, I definitely get that because as I've been digging into these, these segments a lot more often, I get to these, like, dialogue clusters that have Mm -hmm. the character development. And every time I dig into one of those, I realize, you know, my mind just completely skipped over that. Like, I (laughs) did not pay attention to any of these character development beats at all or these, like, exposition. I was just waiting to, like, I was just kind of tuning that out and seeing the next bit of time travel... Uh, mischief and and the interconnected parts to see how everything fits together in the grand scheme of things
1: exactly so you and i we have a particular interest in this kind of film and so the structure gets us in and we like it Mm. but as a movie it's not particularly good
0: yeah and, and i do and and still and i'm gonna get more into it next week but i still really like how this film is structured and how the time mm-hmm. loop is structured oh, yeah. yeah there's just these even if it doesn't entirely hold up to scrutiny but i i think that it is structured really well and all these pieces you know they're introduced at the right time and then they're fully explained at the right time and yeah. and that's all done really well but uh you know that, that's really all all the notes that I have was, was there any other notes that you had for this time loop? No, no. All right, well, I thought this would go a bit longer, but, uh, <laughs> I think we, we kind of sped through a lot of this. Uh, I, I think the only note that I skipped over the early on that, that I really wanted to point out was whenever the doctor hit Ricky with the car, um, she, she exclaimed, uh, merde. and yeah. I don't know how well your French is, and and I didn't remember it, even though I took four years of French back in high school. But, uh, I mean, it's not that big of an explanation, but it's just a French word for shit. (laughs) Right. And uh, I I thought that was fun.
1: Yeah. Uh, No, the the structure of this movie works. And as I said, if there was a remake, especially like, there's a big, well, we'll talk about this next time more, but. I think there's a language barrier and a direction problem. I don't think I mean, it's the same writer and director mm-hmm. who did both parts. Yeah. And I think as a writer, it works as a director. I think it needed to be tighter.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks so much for joining me this week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for anybody listening, there's not any other, uh, well, I'm, I'm not an expert on time loops yet, but, uh, I, <laughs> I think that, uh, Robert Black here is the the closest thing to a time loop expert that that there is, at least in, in film and TV. So why don't you go ahead and take a moment to let everybody know where they can find you?
1: Um, well, you can find all of my stuff at lemmingdrops.com, but specifically related to time loops. You can find my podcast, the Groundhog Day Project, Minute by Minute, or the blog where I watch Groundhog Day over and over which was just groundhogdayproject.com. And catch up.
0: All right. And as always, I am Bubba Weeds, and you can find me at flightsitesandmovienights.com. You can find me on Twitter, where I am at Bubba Wheat. You can find this show, It's Time to Rewind, on anger.fm, as well as anywhere else that you listen to podcasts. We also have a Facebook group, It's Time to Rewind, a time loop group. You can join that and discuss uh, this show as it comes out as well as uh, any new time loop movies or TV shows uh, any sort of time loop discussion is welcome there as well and uh, until next time we will be back in just one week talking about the last few minutes of time loop
1: I'm literally looking at myself Time is unfaithful for those
0: sure. I'm literally looking at myself Time is unfaithful. For
1: those who abuse it, the lotto is not gambling. The lotto is a tradition. It's an Italian tradition.
0: Teacher.